Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Good morning, Passion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. I should have told you guys, the more you cheer and amen, the shorter my sermon gets. I feel like you don't mean it at all. <laughs> Same here, exactly right. I didn't mean a word I just said. So glad to have you at Passion Church. So glad to have you in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Uh, I want you to know this. You're not here by accident, but you're here by divine appointment. God has you here today to speak something wonderful and mighty and powerful in your life. Do you believe that today? Amen. What you come expecting, God's going to give you. Amen. So what are you expecting? What are you believing? What are you asking God for today as you come into the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Well, today we want to talk to you about uh, living a life, uh, living full, dying empty. Living full, dying empty. How do we as believers, I, I once heard an article, and this is what it said. It said, Someone once said that the graveyard is the richest place on earth because in it lies buried gifts, talents, untapped ideas, and great capabilities. The, this is so true because many times people have died and have not, have not given away their talents, their treasures, or using their abilities. I was at a men's breakfast yesterday, and after we got through eating, the guy that was leading the breakfast, he said, I want to go around the room, and you define success to me. You define success to me. Now, if I were to go around today and say, hey, tell me what it means to, to live a full life, to live a successful life, I believe that many of you would probably have different ideas. Some would say money. Someone had a bigger house, a nicer car, a better job. Whatever it may be, many times how you define success determines where you're going in your life. They finally got to me and I said, well, to me, success is determined one way, obedience. Obedience. That if you will be obedient to the call that God has on your life, be obedient to his word, be obedient to what he has asked you to do, then you can say that your life is successful. So I want to talk to you some today about how to live a full life. Live up to your full potential. I don't want you to raise your hand, but right now, just ask yourself this question. Am I living a full life? Am I living up to my fullest potential? Am I doing exactly what God has called me to do? If not, then I hope today you'll listen to this sermon. You'll take heart to this sermon. But most of all, here is my hopes and my prayer. That when you leave today, the words that you have heard from his word will begin to speak to your heart and you'll go apply it to your life. I want you to turn with me today. Look at 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 7. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 7. 
And it says this, 50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. I just want to prepare you guys real quick that I'm new here. I say water funny. So let's just go and get that out of the way so you don't laugh at me. I have a, I'm self-conscious about it. It makes me feel bad. I feel belittled. So let's just go and get it out of the way. I say water funny. I actually think y'all say it funny. Y'all just try to be pretentious, say, water. Nobody asked you, shut up. <laughs> the water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah saw this and cried out, my father, my father the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elijah saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. I pray today, Lord, that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And Lord, I pray today that not one, not one would leave this house the same way that they came, but would leave today knowing they've been touched and blessed by the hand of God in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we read in this passage in 2 Kings, let me give you a little bit of a background. Elijah and Elisha have been together many years, and we see that now Elijah is coming to the end of his life. He's around 82 years old. What happens is, is we know that Elijah knows and even Elisha knows that it is coming the end of his life. Why? Because we know that when Elisha will get to different places, to, to Jericho, to Jordan, when he gets there, some of the, the prophets, the company of the prophets, come to him and say, you do know your master's being taken today. In fact, we know that every time they say it, Elisha will reply back, I know he is, be quiet. So as they're going, walking along, Elijah comes to a place and in essence tells Elisha to stay here. I'm crossing over the brook. The Lord's led me to go over to Jericho. He's led me to go over to Jordan. And every time that he does, he says, you stay here. But I love the response of Elisha. Elijah says, I will not, I will go with you, I will not leave you. And every time he crosses over with him. As they're walking, then what happens is, he says to him, he said, Elijah, Elisha, what can I do for you? In other words, before I'm taken, 
before I leave this world, before we're no longer together, what can I do for you? How can I bless you? And Elisha, without skipping a beat, asked for a pretty big want. He said, I want a double portion of your anointing. In other words, that would be kind of like Drew coming up to me after the sermon today and saying, Pastor John, that is the best sermon I've ever heard. Never heard anyone preach like that. I mean, I've listened to T.D. Jakes and Billy Graham and all those guys. And man, Pastor, you're like whole next level. It's amazing. I want to preach twice as good as you. And be like, well, that's a big ask, Drew, because I, I don't know if anybody can. But I say, but you know what? Keep your eyes on me, Drew, and afterwards I'll give you a double anointing. And he even says to Elisha, Elisha, you asked for a lot. Now, he doesn't say that to Elisha because it's impossible to give. It's not, in other words, because Elijah can't do. It's because it really depends on whether Elisha can receive. He said, okay, here's what you have to do. In a few moments when the whirlwind comes and the horses and the chariots are before you, you've got a, a decision to make. Do you focus on those things or do you focus on what you've asked for? Because if, Elisha, you would keep your eyes on me as I'm being taken up in the whirlwind, not focus on anything else, then I will give you what you ask. And the word tells us that then what happens is all of a sudden as they're sitting there talking, a, a horse and a chariot come flying in between them and separate them. Almost kind of like my wife's driving, you know, everybody has to move along to the side. All of a sudden, and they have to separate to the side and then boom, all of a sudden he doesn't see Elijah. Elijah's taken up in a whirlwind. He's on his way to heaven. The Bible tells us that his cloak drops down. He picks up the cloak and receives the double anointing. I share that story today because what I want to talk to you about today is how to live a full life as we look at the life of Elijah, 82 years old, serves God to the very end, did exactly what God has destined for his life, hasn't always been easy, he has many times faced enemies, but through it all, through it all, he has served God and lived life to the fullest. So some things I, I want you to write down today. Number one is this. Live a full life by helping others to live theirs. If you want to learn how to live a full life, can I tell you it means becoming a servant? It means serving others. It means not making life about you. We always make everything about us, Amen. You, I, I'm in a lot of Zoom meetings. I do a lot of Zoom meetings, right? I was in a Zoom meeting this week with, with Drew. We're in a Zoom meeting. And, and do you know most of the time in a Zoom meeting who I'm looking at? Me. Ain't that terrible? I mean, I can't help myself. I'll, I'll be trying to look at everybody else as they're talking. And all of us, I'll catch myself. And I'm over here in the corner. And as I'm talking to everybody, I'm kind of like, how do I look? What is it like when I say that? See, many times what's happened for us as believers is we, we, we become so self-centered, so self-focused, we become consumers instead of contributors. 
Elijah, although kind of a loner, had yet still, in fact, we'll know in time that Elijah was more of a loner, didn't care much be around people. Elisha becomes more of a, what we call a social prophet. He was more out there. But yet even then, Elijah had spent his life pouring in, doing what God had called him to do, being a servant to Israel. Your life becomes full when it stops being about you and becomes about God and others. How can I help others? How can I serve? You know, what can I do in the church? Amen. You, you knew it was coming, didn't you? You knew I was going, how can I, how can I help the church? I'm going to sign up today to do whatever God's called me to do. Because I promise you, in fact, it's been scientifically proven that when you help someone else, it releases endorphins in your body, in your brain. So the more you help, the more endorphins, the better you feel. So right here, in essence, when we see Elijah, he stops. And, and here's, take, keep this in mind. Elijah's about to be taken to heaven. His life on this earth is done. But yet at this moment, he's still asking. He, he, he turns over and says, Elisha, what can I do for you? He's still taking Elisha. In fact, when he tells Elisha to stay back, there's been many theologians that argue maybe it's because he didn't want, he was afraid how he'd be taken into heaven and he didn't want Elisha to see it. I don't think that's what was going on. I think in other words, he was testing Elisha. Elisha, if you really want what you want, what you're asking for, then Elisha, even when I say no, you'll still go. So how many know we got to learn in life to stop letting tough times, difficult times, people saying no to us. We've got to stop allowing those moments to deter us and keep us from doing God's will. Listen, if I'd have done that, I'd have stopped being a preacher years ago. Amen. How many times I have faced difficulties? How many times I faced things that seemed impossible? And many times it was nothing more than the enemy, the devil, stepping in front of me, trying to keep me from walking into the future and the plans that God had for me. But can I tell you, don't let any obstacle ever stop you. Every obstacle, most of the time, is always an opportunity for you as a believer in Christ Jesus. Number two, write this down. Live a full life by relying fuller on his power. Live a fuller life by relying on his power. Listen, we have to understand as believers, listen, live a full life by relying fuller on his power. The Bible says that Elijah walks over and he takes his cloak and he, he wraps it up and he touches the water. And when he does, what happens? The Bible says that the water splits to the left and to the right and they're able to cross over on dry ground. Now why is this? Listen, can I tell you there wasn't anything about that cloak, amen? It's not that he got it you know, from some special store like Brooks that had some power to split water. It wasn't that he'd come up with a technique that he'd figured out how to make water split. At that moment, Elijah, through the power of God, was able to, what, suspend the natural and allow something supernatural to take place. If you want to live a powerful life, can I, a full life, you've got to begin to allow the power of God to flow in you and through you. So let, me, let me tell you today, I do not stand up here today preaching the word because of my abilities. Michelle was with me in college. She'll tell you. 
I was, I, I never forget my, my first, I had to do a, a class on homiletics one day and I was in there and I had to do a 10 minute sermon. I did a 10 minute sermon in a minute and a half. I walked up and I'm like, I was so nervous. The first time I ever spoke in front of a crowd, I literally blacked out. To this day, I still don't know what I said. I'd be embarrassed if anybody taped it. See, I don't stand up before you today because of John's talents or John gifting or, or because he studied. I stand up to you before you today because there's a power of the Holy Spirit that resides inside of me that gives me the ability to overcome my natural defects and gives me a supernatural power to do something because of God. You want to live a full life, then you start praying every day, God, use me today. God, I pray today that you would flow through me in a way that I would impact and change the lives that are around me. God, I pray today, listen, that Lord, you would overcome my, my limitations, that you would overcome my weaknesses, that you would overcome my shortfallings, and yes, and even God, overcome my mistakes. Let me know that many times in our life, because of our failures, our mistakes of the past, we don't think that God can use us. Can I tell you that 80% of the men and women of the Bible failed God? Look at your neighbor and say, hey, you're a failure. All of us are. We've all made mistakes. The Bible says it this way, we've all sinned and fall the short of the glory of God, Amen. The reason I say that is, is because we need the supernatural power of God to overcome all of our past, all of our limitations. And if the power of the Holy Spirit is in us, the power of God's work is being spoke through us. If we do that, there is not a thing God can't do in us. See, I want to live a full life knowing that God, you use, and listen, I'm a vehicle. How many know you're a vehicle? You are nothing more a vehicle. Now, some of you are Porsches. Some of you are Pintos. It's okay. Not judging. Some of you are Ferraris. Some of you are Ford. But that's all right. We're all vehicles being used by God. I like to think of myself as a Lamborghini, but that's okay. But see, God is wanting to use you. And if you want to live a full life, say, God, I am open here I am, Lord. Use me. Speak through me. Allow me, Lord, to, to help others and to be there for others. God, that's how I want to live a full life. Number three, write this down. Live a full life by rethinking your focus. When I was um, first going to college, my first year of college, I wanted to be a North Carolina State Trooper. That's what I wanted to do. Let me tell you why. Not that I wanted to help anybody or I cared about people. I just want to drive fast and shoot a gun. I just feel like I'm vulnerable before you right now and I just want to be truthful. And that's what I want. I, I, I want to be a North Carolina State Trooper. That's what I wanted to do. But see, when I began to seek God and search the Lord, when I began to cry out to God and say, God, I don't want to do my will. I want to do your will. When I began to change my focus from what I wanted to what God wanted, God began to change my mind. Remember what he said? He said, when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elijah, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elijah replied, you have asked a difficult thing. Elijah said, 
Yet, hear the yet. If you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. In other words, he was saying, Elisha, you keep your focus on me. I'll give you what you ask. See, many times the reason why we're not living a, a full life is because many times our focus are on the things of this world, on our problems or our issues or how things didn't turn out the way we thought. See, many of us live in the lands of regret, still living in yesterday. We all know that guy. You know, the guy that you see, he's now 50 or 45 years old and he's still trying to fit into his football jersey. Everybody, everybody's got a friend like that, amen? It does, somebody tell him, it doesn't fit anymore. But many times we do the same thing. We're trying to live in the past of what we want to do, who we thought we were, when you don't realize God has even a bigger plan and a bigger purpose and a bigger will for your life. But you've got to rethink. The Bible says taking all of our thoughts captive into the obedience of Christ Jesus. And the reason I use the word rethink because can I tell you, you will have to constantly be refocusing your life. It's what I call, uh, in other words, leaking or floating. That many times we can't help it, but our minds will begin to tend to go toward the things of this world. The Bible says there's three parts of us. There's, there's the spirit, there's the soul, but there's the body also. And the Bible tells us that at all the time that our, our spirit is in, in this fight between our body and our soul, the flesh that wants to do what it wants, but the soul that's trying to get us to heaven. Can I tell you, we've got to learn in our life to focus on what God wants for our lives. Not just his word, but that's where it starts. But what is God's plan for your life? See, for me, I knew finally when God revealed it to me, I didn't want to be a preacher. My father was a pastor. My father was a preacher. I didn't want to be one. I didn't like church folk. Come on. Anybody else in here with me? You raise your hand. The one's not raising your hand, you're church folk. This thing, at many times, the, a PK follows in the line of his father. It's usually not that way. Many times a PK has been raised, and he doesn't want to do anything that his father's done because he's seen what has happened. I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a preacher. That was the least thing that I wanted to do. But see, can I tell you, be careful what you tell God. In fact, I said that one day. Danny Abels, remember Danny Abels? I, one day, I'm, I, I'm on the way to a revival. And as I'm on my way to a revival, he turned to me. He said, you know, God's called you to preach. I said, Danny Abels, I will punch you in your mouth. I said, don't you ever say that to me again. I don't want to be no preacher. It would be that night that I walk into the service. I still, Paul Jackson, a guy, a, a preacher from North Carolina. He came to me at the front of the altar, laid his hands on me. He said, if I am here for no other reason, I am here to call you to the pastorate. I said, you shut up. See, we have to learn to refocus. What is God called us to do? What is God's plans for our life? If you want to live a full life, stop allowing the things of this world to grab your attention, to take your mind, to get you off on things. that Listen, I, I get it. Maybe your life has not turned out the way you thought. Maybe things could have been better. Maybe, maybe things are hard for you right now. But can I tell you, it did not catch God off guard. 
God knew what was coming. God knew the plan. Listen, it didn't throw a wrench in God's plan for you. God knew that that was going to happen to you. But on the other side of the problem, on the other side of the trial, on the other side of the issue, guess what? God is putting better, greater, and more wonderful if you'll just trust him and have faith in him. I've been there. I've been on one side of trouble and thought my life was over. How could God ever use me again? There ain't no way. But yet God said, oh, son, you're mistaken. I'm bigger than the problem. I'm bigger than the sin. I'm bigger than the failure. I'm bigger than the letdown and the disappointment. I'm bigger. And on the other side, I've got plans and I've got purpose for you. The last one is this. Live a full life by resolving to finish what you started. Live a full life by resolving to finish what you started. We see Elijah is about to be taken up to heaven. In fact, if I knew that I was about to leave this world, I don't know if I don't care about anything else here anymore. Let's just be honest. Years ago, I used to manage a, a Wilson's Leather. Anybody ever know what Wilson's Leather is? We sold leather coats. I used to be a manager there right before I became a pastor. I, I'll never forget. They came in one day and said, hey, we're shutting the stores down. We're shutting them all down. In other words, you're without a job. But can you shut the store down? And I'm like, no. But I agreed and I stayed on because I was being a good Christian. The last days were about to shut down. I'm about to turn the lights off. I all of a sudden get a phone call from the district manager. He said, oh, John, I forgot. Do me a favor. Uh, you need to take the alarm system off and, and mail it back to us. <laughs> really? That's how I felt. So I walked over to the alarm system. I can still remember it. I got a screwdriver out. I opened it up and I took out the first screw. And there was a whole bunch of screws in there. I took out the first screw. I took the screwdriver. I set it down. And I grabbed a hold of it. And I went, rip. And I ripped it out of the wall. It literally left a hole in the wall. And I did it with a smile. I was like, yeah. I put it inside the box. And I taped up the box in a very cheap way. And wrote on there, you know, as bad as I could. The address I'm supposed to send it to. And I turned the lights off. And I walked out. See, in my mind, I was gone. I didn't care anymore. But see, for Elijah, he could have said the same thing. I'm out of here. I'm done. I don't care about anything else this world has to offer. It's been nothing but pain and sorrow, disappointment and letdowns. Elisha, you're on your own, buddy. But that's not what he did. Elijah turns to Elijah and he says, what can I leave you with? What do you want? See, can I tell you something today? It really doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. I think back when I first began pastoring in 1996, baby. 28 years ago, something like that. I was an idiot. 
I had no clue what I was doing. I was 25 years old. And I probably didn't start very strong. And I could have done a lot of things better. A lot of things better. See, it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. And Elijah didn't want to leave this world not finishing well. See, not only did he ask. See, up until the last moment, why did he keep saying, Elijah, stay on the other side. You don't have to come. You know why he did it? He was testing Elisha. In the face of opposition, in the face of no, Elisha, will you keep pushing in, pressing on, sticking to? And because Elisha did, let me tell you what he was saying to Elisha. If you will stay strong to the end, then God's going to bless you. And I just have this image as Elijah's going up in the whirlwind. Him looking down. One last act. See, at that moment, Elijah emptied himself. He took that anointing and all that he had. And he looked down on Elisha and he said, here, I don't take anything with me. I leave it all behind because I want to finish strong. I want to do all that I can for the kingdom and all that God called me I've never desired money. And I don't care about living in a big house or being famous. This is all, all that I can ever think about. I want to know that when I leave this world, I can say to God, I did everything you asked me. A few days before my father passed, He said these words to me. He said, John, if I can't preach anymore and I can't study the word anymore and I can't minister anymore, he said, I don't want to be here. At that moment, I saw a man that had emptied himself for the kingdom of God. And on my last day, I pray I go in the rapture. But whichever way may be my last, I pray that I leave this world emptied of everything he called me to do. And I speak that over your life. I speak that over your life. Will you bow your head, close your eyes?
If you want to live a full life, devoted, dedicated to serving God and His kingdom, and you are bold enough to ask for it, just like Elisha, then will you raise your hand right now? Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ today that, Lord, they would live a life fully devoted and committed to your call, your will, and your purpose. Lord, whatever has taken their focus, distracted them, I pray today, Lord, remove it from their life that their hearts and their minds would totally be focused on you today. Let them follow your call, do your will. And as they do, Lord, I speak protection, blessings. Lord, I speak to the words that I'm not good enough that keeps ringing in their ear. Lord, I speak to those that life has not turned out the way they thought and they are bitter and they are upset and they're even mad at you, God, for the way things have happened. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that they would release that. That God, if they'll just trust you, everything is going to be all right. And Lord, for those who feel they can't, they're not equipped or qualified, Break that lie. For with God, all things are possible. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.